Hi, this is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church in Richmond, Texas. Thank you for streaming or downloading this podcast today. I hope this resource blesses you. If you haven't joined us at a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we want you to come. You can find all that information and more at rin-church.org. I pray that you are encouraged today by the proclamation of God's word. This is not only our Christmas Eve Eve service, this is the last service of 2020 for Renaissance Church. We don't have a a service next Sunday, uh, so we take a little break and we enjoy time with our families, but that means that we're closing out the year together right now, and I'm just thinking about 2020, and maybe this is the year that we would love to wave goodbye to. That, that makes sense? Like, we, you might enjoy singing, na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye, right? We love, we would love to say goodbye to 2020, right? A year of COVID lockdowns, of quarantines, of masks, and virtual learning, parents, oh, virtual learning, I feel the pain, economic instability, maybe job loss or forced retirement, being afraid to cough or sneeze in a public place because everyone's going to look at you crazy, right? Uh, The year of feeling maybe cut off from your extended family, people that you want to see but you can't or it just isn't wise at the moment to see them, a year of racial unrest and riots and political turmoil, an election year, (laughs) crazy. Maybe some of you, it was even crazier than that. If you lost a loved one, a friend, a family member, extended family this year from COVID or anything else, if you just kind of raise your hand for us, if, if you lost somebody this year, yeah, I can see just around the room, it's, it's just, uh, a year that's been so difficult. In the midst of this crazy year, my mom was diagnosed with stage four ocular melanoma. And um, my mom's like the biggest cheerleader in my life. She's one of those that's just kind of always in my corner. And to have her walk through this has been just a trying year. And yet somehow, somehow, This year has been a strange blessing, a strange blessing. And and I want to talk about a strange blessing tonight, but I just want you to think about this year that the scripture tells us to give thanks in everything, like not just the parts that we like, but to give thanks in everything and to look with eyes and hearts of gratitude to say, okay, it was crazy, but what did we see God do? What was the strange blessing? For my family, I got to ride bicycles with my children every day because we were home every single day looking for something to do. And in the spring in Houston, riding our bicycles, and I'll never forget the spring that we rode bikes together every single day. A strange blessing. 
We're going to be looking at the real story of Christmas in Luke chapter 2. If you want to turn there with me, if you have a device or a Bible, we're going to have it on the screens for you as well. But it's Luke chapter 2, 25 through 35. And this is kind of a strange blessing moment in the life of the Christ child. Um, he's going to go uh, with his family to Jerusalem. His mother is finishing the time for kind of ritual purification after having a child. So Jesus would have been about a month old, a month and a half old at this moment in the story. And so we're going to read this in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 25. And here's what it says. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Verse 27, guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law. Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory to your people, Israel. Verse 33, his father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be Revealed. This is the word of the Lord. This is a strange blessing. Simeon is a devout man. He's, he's a holy man. At this time, you know, uh, the, the people of Israel are under Roman occupation, and there are many who are wanting to overthrow. Right? They, they want to see war. They want to overthrow the Roman oppressors. They, they know that God has spoken about Israel, that they would be exalted above all the nations, that all the nations will stream into it. And so they're thinking, this is how it's going to work. We're going to overthrow Rome. And God's going to bring this Messiah leader, and he's going to raise the army, and we're going to throw it down, and it's going to be the glory, the, the high times of Israel again, like when King David was on the throne. But there were others in the land of Israel that were called the quiet in the land. The quiet in the land. And Simeon is one of the quiet in the land. And he's not looking to overthrow through warfare or something like that. He's a man on his knees. A man saying, God, we, we, we can't do this. We need you to move. God, we need you to move. And so he's a man of prayer, a man who's holy. And the spirit was on him. And Somehow the spirit prompted him, you need to get to the temple right now because there's a baby there and he sees it and he knows like, this is the one. This is the one that God's been promising and he holds baby Jesus in in his arms and he sees salvation. He sees the fulfilled promises of God. 
He sees the, the, the all-inclusive work of God that would be for all people, a light for the Gentiles and glory to the people of Israel. He sees it all in this child that he holds in his arms, but then he offers the blessing, and this is where it gets a little strange in my opinion. It's a strange blessing. <laughs> Let's just read 34 and 35 one more time together. This is the blessing he gives Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother, Mary, indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul, Mary, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Tonight, the title of this message is Jesus, the heart revealer. That's the strange blessing, right? He's a sign. He's going to be opposed. It's going to pierce your soul. It's going to be really hard, Mary. But he will reveal the thoughts of many hearts. Jesus, the heart revealer. So, What do we learn from this? What do we see in this passage? Well, the first thing is simply that Jesus is the heart revealer. That's what Simeon says. That word reveal means to uncover what has been covered or veiled, to make something that was previously hidden or secret now known or open to view, to make known through divine inspiration. This idea that there's something hidden, there's something veiled, there's something covered up, and God opens the curtains. God lets us see it. God opens it for us so we can see. He reveals to us. Jesus is the heart revealer. Now, this year, uh, even though it was a kind of a crazy and, and in a lot of ways really difficult and terrible year, There was a big reveal this year. I don't know if you caught the big reveal. Um, it was, in my opinion, a huge reveal. Um, this year was so tough, it was so hard, that one of the most popular uh, maybe white elephant gifts or Christmas ornaments was this one. I think we might have a picture of this. I don't know if y'all have seen this one, the year of the dumpster fire 2020, if y'all saw that, that. I don't know if you can see that, but that's a, that's a dumpster on fire. That's been the joke. This is the year of the dumpster fire, and that's how bad the year was for so many people. And, uh, and yet, in the midst of the year dubbed the dumpster fire, there was a bright spot. Uh, almost angelic moment. It, it, was, it was a moment of a big reveal on July 13th, a redeeming moment on tw of 2020. Something kept hidden for many years was made known. Something that had been foretold and rumored about years for years was finally revealed. And I think we might have a picture of that as well. Oh, yes, right there. I don't know if y'all saw that this year. The, the 2021 Bronco. Do we have any Bronco enthusiasts in the house? No, none, none. Okay, to be a part of Renaissance Church, there's some stuff we have to work out here, okay? One of them is that you have to like Ford Broncos because I'm a huge Bronco enthusiast and I know the things of this world are passing away, but look, hey, if the Lord is stirring in you to make an end of your donation to, you see that little logo on the side? Like, I would drive that to the glory of God, okay? And I'm just, 
You just let the Lord deal with that there. I'm just joking. It was, my kids thought I was nuts because I'm like, oh my, I'm screaming atop my lungs. This is the most amazing thing is we're watching YouTube videos of the Bronco, okay? One of my bright spots this year, it was a big reveal. But you know, Jesus, Jesus is the revealer of hearts. That's what Simeon said, that he would be the one that would reveal the thoughts of many hearts, that there's things that are covered up in us, inside of us, and that Jesus would be the one to uncover it. Think about that. Now, as we, I was thinking about the heart revealer, my mind started to go through the Rolodex of New Testament stories about Jesus. And, you know, Simeon says that he's going to be the sign that's going to be opposed. And I think about those, those Jewish leaders and the high priest that, that were saying to the, the righteous one, they're calling him a blasphemer. So the righteous people are seeing the righteous one and saying he's unrighteous and they're demanding that he would be crucified. He revealed their hearts. They appeared righteous, but something was wrong on the inside. They couldn't see the righteous one. He revealed their hearts, and they fell. I thought of the... Um, the uh, rich young ruler. Some of you know the story of the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and he says, good teacher. I, I, I want to know how to in inherit eternal life. I've kept the command since I was a young child. And Jesus says to him, he says, okay, go, sell all you have and follow me. And he went away sad. Jesus revealed the heart. I think of, in the positive side, I think of someone like Matthew, who was a tax collector, and he was looked at as a sellout to Rome. He's an Israelite who's collecting taxes for Rome and padding his own pockets with the extra, and Jesus sees him, and he looks at him as he's passing by one day, and he says, follow me. You see, on the outside, he looked like a sellout to Rome, but on the inside, Jesus revealed something else. He saw something that was covered up that no one else could see about Matthew. And Matthew leaves the booth, and he follows Jesus. I think of Mary Magdalene, who we learned from the scripture was demonized. A woman who had a, 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 a very sordid past, and Jesus sees something in her beyond the appearance, beyond the surface. And he calls her to follow him. And she's the first one, the first to see the empty tomb of Jesus and to declare he's alive. Jesus is the heart revealer. He's the heart revealer. He... Um, he says in this passage that he's destined to, to cause the fall and the rise of many, and commentators think that that could, that could be the same person. He, he causes us to fall and to rise, that he, he orchestrates stuff in our life where it's like he brings us down to the bottom, down to the rock bottom, to the, to the lowest point, and, and we fall before him, and we just declare, like, Lord, I need you. 
In that moment, it's like we, we rise with him. The fall and the rise, the heart reveal, or revealing our problems, revealing our sins, revealing our needs, our spiritual bankruptcy in order to reveal his grace and his mercy, his provision. He reveals our hearts, which brings us to the next point, that the coming of Christ calls forth authenticity. It calls forth authenticity. Here's what I mean. This sign that would be opposed, this one that the the religious leaders would miss, right? The, The ones that would accuse him of blasphemy. It's like he would reveal the inauthenticity of their hearts. This is what the work of God does in us, is he actually takes what's on the outside and on the inside, and he tries to get them to the same place. He calls forth authenticity. I, I remember when um, our boys were young, and uh, they were like, you know, toddler age. We would play hide-and-seek and peekaboo and all those fun games with our kids. But when they're that young, parents, you know how this goes, right? Um, you say, okay, let's play hide-and-seek, and you count to five, and then you open your eyes, and like, here's, here's a pole, and your child's behind the pole, Right? looking at you, and you're like, where is he? Where'd he go? He was just right here. Where, right? You're pretending like you don't see him, right? And you're just kind of acting like you don't see him. And then they're giggling because, you know, now, now you can hear them and see them. And then all of a sudden, finally, you're like, oh, there you are. Found you. You know, our Father calls forth Authenticity. And, and there's no pretending with Jesus. There's, there's no religious gloss. There's no false righteous th- righteousness. There's no pretentiousness. It's like hiding from him would be like hiding behind this stand. <laughs> he sees right through us. I think of David, Psalm 139, where he says, where can I go from your presence? Where can I go from your spirit? Wherever I go, there you are. When I, when I lay down, right, you, you perceive my thoughts from afar. It's like you know everything about me. I, there's nowhere I could go where you don't see. He sees us. I think of 2 Chronicles 16, 9, where it says, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. Now picture that, the eyes of God right now ranging throughout the earth, and they're, they're looking to show himself strong for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. He's looking for hearts that are authentically devoted to him, and he wants to strengthen them. He calls forth authenticity because our God is perfectly authentic. He's not a politician who says nice, vague things to get us to root for him. He's, he's not a soothsayer. He's a truth teller. He's never rude, never unkind, and never deceptive. Always perfectly honest in the most loving of ways. In our culture, that's kind of a little bit hard to comprehend because we're taught to say nice things that are tolerant, that don't offend anyone, so don't say anything that's too true. 
But God, our God, in love, sees right through us and he speaks to us truthfully. It's unnerving and totally refreshing that God would speak to us with absolute truth. And in the strange blessing, we see it here in the story. I mean, the Spirit of God gives Simeon a prophetic word for Mary. And it's not like, the Lord bless you. It's going to be great. You're, you're going to have the best life ever. I mean, you're going you're, you're to have lots of money, and you're, you're never going to struggle, and you're never going to have any problems. Mary, bless you. It's going to be great. That's not at all what Simeon says. <laughs> The strange blessing is the truth. This child's destined to cause the rise and fall of many in Israel. It's going to be hard. A sword is going to pierce your soul. It's going to be excruciating to watch him be hung on a cross, Mary. He gives a strange blessing. Now, if I was a young mom of an infant 40 days old, the last thing I want to hear is that a sword's going to pierce my soul. Right? It's the last thing you want to hear. But that's the prophetic blessing that Simeon gives. And I just think about this. The father feels the pain of what's going to happen infinitely more than Mary could ever fathom. Because that's not just Mary's son hanging on the cross. That's the only begotten son of God given for the sins of the world who's living in perfect community with the Father from eternity to eternity. And he knows that in one moment he's going to have to turn his face away when his son becomes sin for me and for you. And there's a blessing on the other side of that sacrifice that's going to fill Mary with indescribable joy. An honest blessing. It's gonna be hard, but there's joy on the other side of this. So, have you considered what Jesus the heart revealer might be revealing about your heart. What is, what is Jesus revealing about your heart? If that's what he does. <laughs> First, I, I want you to understand that we all need the heart revealer. We need him for the things going on inside of us that we don't even realize. Meaning there's stuff constantly happening inside of our hearts that we don't even process. Like we just, we just kind of put our heads down and we just kind of keep going in life and there's all this stuff happening and it's like sometimes we need God to say, whoa, there's some things going on inside of you and I want to deal with them. We need the heart revealer for the pain inside that we don't know how to heal. That there's stuff that's happened to you. There's things in your story, things that are from your past, maybe things all the way back to childhood. And it's like, it was so long ago, but it's like with you every day, affecting you. And the heart revealer sees it when he sees through you. And he's a 
healer, a redeemer, a restorer. And perhaps today, God wants to uncover something in order to heal it. And thirdly, we need the heart revealer for the dreams inside that we hope for. That there are things in you that God put there, little dreams, aspirations, callings, you might even say. And God sees them. There might be things that you haven't even told anyone, but you feel like God's just kind of put something on your heart, but you're afraid to even tell somebody because they would think you're nuts. There's a dream inside of you. See, we all need the heart revealer. I was reading the book of 1 Corinthians, which is kind of a crazy book, and it's a church that's really kind of gone wild with the spiritual giftings. And what's fascinating about the book is that Paul doesn't say, stop using the spiritual gifts. In fact, he just gives some order, and he tells them that, hey, when you're together, um, it, you know, don't do the whole tongues thing where nobody can understand what you're saying. Like, you should use some intelligible words, and you can prophesy. And here's what he says about when they were prophesying. He would say, but if all are prophesying and some unbeliever outsider comes in, he's convicted by all and is called to account by all because the secret of his heart will be revealed. Huh. And as a result, he will fall face down and worship God, proclaiming, God is really among you. Think about that. That when someone comes in to the people of God who are filled with the spirit of God and God reveals their hearts, their response is to fall down and to say, God is, God's here. Emmanuel, God with us. He's among you. We all need the heart revealer because when our hearts are revealed, it releases worship, the awe of the God who sees you. Lastly, my family watched the new version of Beauty and the Beast. Have y'all seen that one, the, the new version? Now, my, my generation, we had the animated version. It was pretty awesome. But the new version is like live action. So we watched the live action version. And I was like, you know, enjoying the songs and the storyline. And you guys know the story about Beauty and the Beast, right? It's like uh, Belle is the, the girl and her dad wanders off into the Beast little castle and he gets kind of stuck there and Belle goes after him and now this beast has this woman in his midst and it's like slowly over the story something begins to change the beast right he, he begins to sort of open up to this person who's now there and the story goes they fall in love and you know he turns back into a man at the end you know the storyline right I was thinking about the story, right? The, the invasion of the beast's little world, a cold, dark, lonely place that ultimately brought forth what had been buried deep down inside his heart. That someone, this person would come and would restore everything, transforming this beast back to a person, and that dark, cold, lonely existence would be warmed and brightened and fulfilled. And it got me thinking about the gospel. You know, every good story is a gospel story. 
And I was thinking about this. The heart revealer has revealed the Father's heart for you. See, not only does Jesus reveal you, the stuff inside of you, the stuff that's covered, the stuff you haven't even thought about, the pain or the dreams. Not only does he see into you, but he actually shows you the heart of the Father for you. And especially this time of year, we remember that we have a God who would send his son on behalf of you to rescue you, to bring the Father ultimate glory in calling people to himself, to be loved by him, and to be forgiven, to be embraced by your heavenly Father. So, today, as you take a, a little break over the holiday season, I want to challenge you to consider what the heart revealer is revealing about you. And I want you to see the Father's heart revealed for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To contact us or find out more information, visit rin-church.org.